All right, John, we know the audience. We understand the level of paranoia. What <laughs> is the justified, rational level of paranoia Vikings fans should feel hosting a mediocre Giants team at home in the first round of the playoffs after a 13-victory season? I think this is one of the more unique circumstances we've seen this team come into the postseason with in a while. And this is a team that is tailor-made for unique circumstances. I mean, you look at it and I think I'm going to pick the Vikings to win. Um, I think they should win at home against the Giants team that's just, yeah, decent. Uh, maybe a slightly above mediocre, but just decent. Um, but at the same time, the Vikings last played the Giants at home, beat them by the skin of their teeth, and I think the Vikings are a worse team right now, and the Giants are a better team from that from that uh, outing. You know, the Giants get a couple of defensive backs back in the lineup to help their defense. Uh, the Vikings have had all sorts of injuries with the offensive line and, and and things, and so I do think it's going to be a nail biter. I understand sometimes I think Minnesota sports fans get a little overwrought with their with their uh, nervousness. I think that. Um, they are right to be nervous going into this one, but I'm still going to pick the Vikings to win. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm with you. I'm going to pick them to win, but I wouldn't want to bet any of my own money on it. And no. I wouldn't want to bet for them to, I wouldn't want to bet that they're going to win by more than three points. Uh, and, and I think, well, I'll get to the interesting matchup here. This is the Viking update show. He's John Krasinski from the athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the star tribune. This is TalkNorth.com. If you like this show or any show on the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That is free and easy way to listen. You can also check out all the other shows, including Jeff diamonds, Vikings and NFL insider at TalkNorth.com. Uh, and, and we also have outdoor content, all kinds of other sports content. Just check it out. We do appreciate it. This show is being brought to you by the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks also to Star Bank and TSR Injury Law. Yeah, I think the biggest change is that last time they played the Giants, they had excellent bookend tight end tackles. Excuse me. And this time around, they're going to have a reserve playing right tackle. They're going to have a either reserve or Garrett Bradbury on the mend playing center. And I just wonder if Thibodeau might be a bigger factor because of that. Yeah. I, I think that's got to be the biggest concern right now for the Vikings is I think, well, two, I think it's both lines of scrimmage. Um, I think it's the Vikings offensive line holding up against the giants pass rush uh, the way that they like to get after it. They are a physical front. They do, they are pretty formidable. And so if you are, uh, a little shorthanded like the Vikings are, that's going to be a heavy burden for Ollie Udo and for uh, whether it's Chris Reed or, or, a, or a banged up Bradbury and that group to, to withstand. And then on the other side uh, against Saquon Barkley, I do, I worry about that one as well. Uh, and, and just the giants really starting to control the line of scrimmage and really grind this game the way that they want to and maybe prevent Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson from having the ball in their hands as 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 much as possible and and New York kind of squeezing out of here with slightly low scoring um you know tight win and and so man Thibodeau is it, he's a handful and and when you I think one of the things that you've heard about this kid is that he plays better when the lights are on and well, what's going to be a brighter stage than Sunday at 3.30 uh, 
um, kind of the the marquee slot for the afternoon games uh, for for the playoffs. And so he's going to be ready to go and they better have a real good plan for handling him or else it's going to be uh, an ugly afternoon for Cousins. So we talked about fan nervousness. What do you think the truth serum answer would be in that Vikings locker room right now? I was in there on Monday and everybody was, you know, everybody we talked to was chipper. But do you think this is this is a team that is nervous? I mean, because the 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 great thing about winning 13 games is you get you a high seeding. The difficult thing about winning 13 games is it raises expectations and you know, it, and you feel like you know, I think the Giants will play as if they have nothing to lose. The Vikings are kind of protecting their reputation, protecting their record. Uh, what do you think the mentality of this team is right now? See, I think, Jim, actually this is, I think, a little different than most 13-win teams that enter the playoffs because I think the Vikings feel it and it's palpable that really there aren't that many people that believe in them. I mean, they you have the point differential thing that's always been thrown in their face the whole time. Um, most of the national media and prognosticators, they may pick, maybe they'll pick the Vikings to win this game, but it all comes with, well, but they're not going to do much in this, in this postseason. And so I think that there is less pressure on their shoulders to deliver than a lot of teams that would come in, in their situation simply because they've been doubted all season long. Um, and I also think that there is a, a, an inner belief within the team that they can do it because they've overcome so many obstacles because they've, uh, they've won so many tight games that I think they go into this, believing that every playoff game is going to be pretty close. And that if it is close, if they can keep it tight, going into the fourth quarter, they really believe in both their offense and their defense to come up with the big play to make it happen and help them get over the top. And so um, I think that maybe let's say they win this week and they go and they play San Francisco next week. Um, you know, that, that one would be much more of a, Hey, are we really good enough to do this? There could be some of that in the back of their minds, but I think this time around, I think that they don't come into this feeling a real heavy, uh, weight on their shoulders. I think they come into this saying no one really expects us to do much. And so let's turn it loose and show them that all those wins in the regular season were not a fluke. And so there's going to be a little bit more defiance in them this week. And and they can play a little bit more freely, I think, than your typical 13-win team going up against, uh, what is it, the sixth seed of the uh, of the Giants and and, and playing that way. Talk North is produced by Brandon Morton, our longtime producer. Thank, uh, check out the Cheryl Reeve Show, Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal on the Twins, Michael Russo and Anthony LaPanta on the Wild, uh, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves in the NBA, John Malay on Prep Sports, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. We also have Dave Lee, outdoor content. We've added Mr. Fun, Joe Anderson. He's back in the mix. Uh, really glad to have him at TalkNorth.com. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And again, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studios. I, I said everybody's chipper in the locker room on Monday. I did, it, and Eric Kendricks is a great guy, great talker, mm. really smart, savvy guy, just a great guy to talk to all the time. And it was pretty funny because he was kind of his usual, usual optimistic, relaxed self. And then, uh, you know, a member of our uh, of our of, of the beat team uh, covers the Vikings. 
I started asking about just how bad his defense is. And this person <laughs> didn't really phrase the questions particularly tactfully. And uh, Kendricks is like, he absolutely shut down. His face fell mm-hmm. and he just said, we just, you know what, we just, if we hold them to fewer points than the other team, you know, than our team scores, then we win. That's all that matters. It was, and it was your typical, it was a typical like professional athlete, get out of the question cliche, but it was said with an edge. I do think the defense is sick of hearing about their statistical profile. Yeah, I, I I absolutely believe that. I mean, there are a lot of proud veterans on that group. I mean, it's Harrison Smith, it's Eric Kendricks, Daniel Hunters, Darius Smith. You know, they got a lot of guys who have done really good things in this league and who still believe they are capable of doing really good things. And I don't think that they like how this has been portrayed as that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson have overcome a bad defense, even if that's been the case in some in, in some games this year. Um, I do think that they're playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and it's a cliche, I know it, but uh, football players operate in cliches. That's where they live. And this they are definitely uh, soaking that up and bringing, I think, that edge into this playoffs. They absolutely will tell everyone who listens to them, Nobody believes in us, only the people in this locker room. And we, you know, we're the most disrespected 13 win team ever, all that stuff. And they're not exactly wrong. I mean, there there are a the legion of NFL media and followers do not believe that the Vikings are capable of winning multiple games in the playoffs this season. Maybe they will be proven right. But if the if Kendricks, if 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 Hunter, if these guys can use some of that doubt as fuel, I'm sure they're going to try to because uh, everyone's going to be watching them on Sunday afternoon and expecting them or not or won't would not be surprised if they fall flat on their face. If if the Giants come in and run all over them, Daniel Jones has a big day and they win. Um, and so to have that kind of motivation is probably what they need right now because this defense has not been good enough for most of the season. And so uh, they got to find a way to find another gear to, to answer it. And, um, and so I think that that edge is definitely simmering um, in that Vikings locker room right now, going into this game. And also reminds me, maybe my favorite answer I got out of a defensive player all year. I mean, Patrick Peterson's always a great guy to talk to, but uh, I remember, I think it was after the game Bynum sealed, sealed the victory with the interception at the goal line. I was talking to Harrison Smith that where I said, you know, you guys keep making winning plays. You're what you have. a Your team has a winning record. You're on your way to a high seed. Do you even care about statistics? And he goes, yeah, for vanity's sake. <laughs> great answer. <laughs> great answer. Great he admitted answer. It. Nobody yes. wants to be ranked 31st in the NFL in defense. Even if yes. it works out, you still don't want to be ranked that low. It's, that's no fun. No, that oh, that's God. that makes me so happy actually because you know like mo- almost 99% of the people who are asked that question and are in Eric Kendrick's shoes are going to say nope. All it matters is the wins. We get it, but like that there is a recognition within the defense and that um, they have to be better, that they haven't been good enough. I mean, they, you know, that that they see the reality of the situation. And I think that that sort of self-awareness 
can help them because they are going into this knowing that there are so many things that they have to be better at. And and they have to sort of prove that they can do it's different than if they were going to be walking in there and saying, we've done our job. There's no, you know, let's just keep at it. No, they there there's an awareness of it. But um, but the the thing that they have to do right now is really be cognizant of those weaknesses and and play a much more detail oriented, disciplined game against the giants and going forward, if they are going to, to keep going here, they know how much is riding on their performance. And I think that's a good thing for the Vikings to have that self-awareness. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services guy. Is this the year you're ready for worry-free water? Ready for spotless dishes and shower doors? Ready for worry-free drinking water? With on-demand efficiency, Kinetico fixes problem water. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius is offering $250 off a new non-electric Kinetico system when you trade in your old electric softener. Schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, Star Bank. .net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, 612 TSR Time. That's all you need to remember. If you are injured, you're going to need good help. They will give you good help. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they are a great Minnesota success story. Thanks to our sponsors, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. All right, so I, I guess my paranoid Minnesotan view of this is you have you do have the 31st ranked defense and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are coming in here with really fresh legs and their receiving core has gotten better as the season has gone on and they almost won at you know at Minnesota earlier all those things just to me that those things present a justified paranoia I could see I could see those guys having really big games yeah I, I don't think anyone um, who is worried going into this is paranoid at all. I think they're just con- rightly concerned about what uh, is possible to happen on Sunday because Saquon Barkley is maybe the most individually talented running back in the league. And so if he gets loose, all of a sudden you got a major problem on your hands. Daniel Jones is mobile, which really does give the Vikings defense problems. I think that he is still at a point in his career where he he will make a mistake or two to give the Vikings an opportunity. And then it's a, it's a matter of whether they capitalize on those mistakes and take advantage of those. But I don't think that I would expect Jones to come in and be just, you know, a, a, a totally nails um, pressure performer, but he definitely does have real talent and he has played much better for Brian Dable than he has um, at any other point in his career. So uh, I will tell you that if in, if the giants come in and win this game, I do not envision myself 
walking out of U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday night, shaking my head, saying I never saw that coming. They absolutely, the Vikings can absolutely lose this game. There's, uh, This is not loser-proof. I don't think they should be overwhelming favorites. I think they should be favorites, but not overwhelming. And and so the 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 one thing that would shock me, the one outcome that would shock me in the on Sunday is if the Vikings just roll. If it's thirty five to fourteen and they just dominate, um, I think that this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down right to the end, like their their previous one did. And I still think that the Vikings have a little more in them, and I I feel like I can rely and count on them and trust them in big spots in the fourth quarter a little bit more, which is why I will pick them. But, man, um, I certainly would be very concerned if I were a Vikings fan, and I do not think that is inappropriate paranoia on anyone's part to be concerned going into this. Giants went from 4-13 and 13 to the sixth seed. The, the Cowboys went – I mean, sorry, the Cowboys. The Vikings went from 8-9 and nine to 13-4. Uh, and four. Who did the better job, Kevin O'Connell or Brian Dable? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, Dable, I think had less talent overall to work with. Um, and so I think that at the start of the season, if you were forecasting where these teams were going, I know I was on the team eight win or nine win, uh, for the Vikings, uh, for the giants, I would have been on team four wins, um, team five wins. And so to see the job that Dable did to sort of resurrect Daniel Jones, to, to kind of get, this um that team going in the right direction fantastic like i think the the giants have a really good head coach there um but i think that i will give the nod to kevin o'connell uh he may have had sort of a little bit more whether you want to call it luck on his side or or good fortune on his side to to amass the amount of wins that they did but i think that really the job that Kevin O'Connell did in terms of just changing the culture in that building, he inherited a real toxic mess that needed a lot of cleaning up. And he cleansed a lot of that. And he won the belief of the players in a major way. And these guys were stung after Zimmer and Spielman left. And, and they did, you know, had, plenty of questions about whether the franchise had their back and all these other things. Kevin O'Connell has come in and really been a breath of fresh air that way. So on top of the wins, just the way that he's been able to sort of um, clean everything out and, and get people feeling good about being Vikings again, that's what I would give. I'd give him just a slight edge, but that's just uh, the Homer and me talking, I guess. Well, I, I agree with you, and I will actually apply a philosophy I've always had about postseason awards, especially coaching awards. Uh, I think Dable did a great job this year. I think he's a really good coach. I think it's more difficult to take an average team and get them to like a three seed than it is to take a bad team and get them to mediocrity, to be an average. I, I just don't think – I think the way the NFL is built, if you have a little bit of luck – and, and you have a good coach, you can get to 500. And I think it's harder to do what O'Connell did, which is, uh, God, I hate the culture word, but I don't have a different word to substitute for it, to kind of change the way an organization operates and to get them winning at a high level. However, they got there, 13-4 and four with close victories while improving a quarterback who we thought was kind of a finished product. 
I, I think I think that's I don't I don't I don't think he's gonna win coach of the year because Sirianni had a great year with a quarterback no, nobody really thought was that good going into the season. Uh and Shanahan, you know, end up with the two seed with a third string quarterback who is Mr. Irrelevant. I don't think O'Connell's gonna beat them out for that award, but I think comparing him to Dayball, I think I would give him the the nod. Yeah, that that all makes sense. It, uh, and I do think that um I think that Kevin O'Connell deserves some consideration for coach of the year. I yeah. mean, you know, definitely deserves to be in that conversation. Um, and, and I don't think we're putting Dable in that conversation yet. And even though he has been really good, um, I think, uh, yeah, you, you look at Sirianni um, a, as probably the leader in the clubhouse there, but, but O'Connell really did a really overhaul this offense. He got the, probably the best season of Kirk Cousins career out of him. Um, even though he threw a few more interceptions, I still think overall he was this was the best season that he's played. And in that, in that accomplishment, you've gone from uh, having a quarterback who felt like it was he was an anchor and holding you back to one that's not even in your top six, you know when you look at the uh, the problems that this team needs to address in the offseason. Um, to 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 do that alone, I think, is a huge accomplishment. So you're not just begrudgingly paying Kirk Cousins all this money. You're doing it and saying, "Hey, this guy can help us win games." And I and so for that, that's another reason where I just give um, I give Kevin O'Connell a lot of props and for the for the job that he's done. Who knows how this is going to end in the playoffs? Anything can happen in these things. But the body of work um, from the locker room to the field, to the practice field, to Kirk Cousins, to everything, uh, definitely merits consideration for coach of the year. And now that we've praised him, I'm going to second guess him. Do please uh, do. Yes. yes. Uh, I thought what they did against the bears was kind of ideal. Uh, they got some time with the offensive line. They got the lead. They won the game. You know, you never know what crazy thing could happen in that San Francisco Cardinal and Cardinals game. Some, yeah, San Francisco had 18 injuries and the Cardinals win that game. You want a shot at the second seed. So I thought it was right to play for the win. I thought it was right to get the starters out when he got them out. So I, in general, I'm giving them an A, but two things. Completely botched clock management at the end of the first half. That's a little scary. Number two, the one guy they didn't really rest who I would have rested is Dalvin Cook. I just mm -hmm. feel like Alexander Madison – for a game can give you about the same production and cook is when he went down and got kicked in the knee, I was like, Oh my God, that's like the worst thing you can possibly have happen other than cousins or Jefferson getting hurt. Uh, now I think cooks can be fine. I think they survived it, but I, I think I would have rested cook. Yeah. And especially I was, I was frankly surprised when I saw him out there at the start. And then also Jim, he, he kind of got banged up early and came out of the game and then went back in. Yeah. Um, and, and right then and there, it, you know, the second he has to go to the tent to get something checked out early, I'm like, all right, Delvin, that's it. Hey, thanks. We're, we're not going to take any more chances with you going forward. So you're right. I, I would have just rode Madison, especially because, I mean, you saw Madison did just fine against the, against the Bears. He had a nice game. Uh, he was moving the ball, helping move the chains. You weren't losing a whole lot. Um, by having him out there against a, a a weak Bears team, so just go with it that way. And again, and also on your on your point on the clock management, I think that's been a little bit of an issue for him several times this season. Yep. In terms of when you use timeouts, when you don't, um, you know, uh, time and score, the, all of those things. We've seen that part of Kevin O'Connell's uh, coaching 
resume a little bit lacking. Now, I do think that th- those are things that he can learn as he's in those spots and get better from going forward. And I think that can turn into a strength, but I think by and large throughout the season, there's been several times where you've looked at it and you said, now, why did he do that? What's, what's going on there. And, and so I think that's an area that he needs to look at whether it's in the postseason or certainly in the off season, how can he get better in that department? No doubt about it. Uh, interesting season for Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Hawkinson immediately passed him as the number two option in the passing game. And I feel like KJ Osborne is kind of now threatening his position as the third best receiver in this game. I, you know, we will spend a lot of time once the season's over with talking about who's going to come back and who's going to take a pay cut and all that stuff. But just in terms of football production right now, Thielen just is not doing a lot, even though he's still, hey, if you throw it to him in in the end zone, he's going to catch it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He can, I mean, he's, he's not dropping anything. He's still, if he gets his hands on it, he's catching it. Um, but you're right. You can just see, he's not getting the separation that he once got. I think that he is having a harder time with the physical part of the game in terms of winning the contested catches in terms of just like winning the battles. If a, if a referee is giving a defensive back a little more leeway in terms of the jam, in terms of just being uh, a physical and coverage, Thielen has a little bit harder time with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at what TJ Hawkinson has done. You look at KJ Osborne, you even look at like a guy like Jalen Naylor, who's um, made a couple of big plays in, in, in situations and using his speed to get, open in a way that Adam Thielen does not appear to be capable of doing, at least right now. And you do wonder about what the future holds for him. I still think he can be effective. I still think that especially in the red zone with his craftiness and his experience operating in tight spaces and making those catches, he can still be a weapon at least this season. But I do think that going into the offseason, that is going to be something that the Vikings look hard at and that um, Adam Thielen has to uh, have a conversation with the team about and, and what that looks like going forward because he has not been the same Adam Thielen uh, that we have seen in the past. And that's, it's probably just age catching up to him, but that's just the nature of this, of this business. And um, I would say soak it up for Vikings fans watching number 19 in this postseason because who knows what's going to happen after that. Two more topics before we make our official pick, which I know everybody can't wait to hear. Uh, I wrote about this the other day. The Vikings are flawed, no doubt about it. This playoff field is also incredibly flawed. Other than the 49ers, nobody is really playing all that well right now. And the 49ers, as good as they are, they are starting a rookie who was Mr. Irrelevant. He's played great, but... I don't know that we can automatically just assume he's going to play great in every pressure situation. So I'm not saying the Vikings are going to make a run, but this is not the most daunting task that has ever faced an NFL playoff team. No. Yeah. I think that's in terms of when you look at what your concern level is for the Vikings going into this, into these playoffs, it is definitely a lot more about what you have seen from this team specifically. But when you look at the bigger picture, the door is open for them to really get on a run. Um, You're right. I think San Francisco is the best team by a pretty 
significant margin now in in the NFC with Jalen Hurts struggling with his injury a little bit and 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 being more of a mortal quarterback um, with the Eagles. Uh, but then the rest of the field, Tampa Bay, Dallas, like all these teams are not teams that strike fear into your heart. And so as much as I as I would say that I can see any outcome happening on Sunday and I could see the Vikings losing, I could see them winning. I'm going to probably say that for every outcome going forward as well, should the Vikings win. Um, and yes, San Francisco would be a really tall task, but it's not impossible. Um, there, There is not a, a an 80s Niners and 90s Cowboys type of a team that is standing in their way and you're saying, well, that 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 mountain is too tall to climb. There's just no way they can. The Vikings absolutely can do it, but um, they also absolutely can lose in round one. That's that's the parody of this league, this conference right now, and it's going to make for some really uh, tense moments, I think, and some really nervous people as they file into U.S. Bank on Sunday, but understanding that if they are capable of kicking that door down, it is there to be kicked down. And so we'll just have to see what happens with that. One more before really the most important picks in NFL history. I mean, we will determine a lot with our picks. Uh, I can't go past this week without ridiculing the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, please. And let me give you the context here. I am not anti-Packer. I'm not a sports fan, so I don't sit here and ridicule other teams in other cities. Uh, as an NFL writer, I went over to Green Bay and Lambeau Field a million times to do stories, to cover playoff games, to do pieces on Holmgren and Favre. I always enjoyed the experience. Uh, they've had great characters. They have great teams. I'm, I like that the Packers are good. I think it's a great thing for American sports that a little bird like that has a team that can compete with, for championships. It's all good stuff. This is pathetic. Uh, All I had to do is beat the Lions at home to make the playoffs when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and you become accustomed to winning 13 games a year and you have a dynamic rookie uh, receiver, you have defensive talent. Uh, I mean, that was was pathetic. And Aaron Rodgers just demanding that we all pay attention as he starts another offseason of drama – I just don't care about this dude anymore. I don't care if he plays, retires, gets stoned. I just don't care. And you know what? He's not that good anymore. He had a terrible season. Yeah, I mean, I think like that I think that's where honestly if if Packer fans were going to be honest and many of them have been honest in the aftermath of that loss, I think people I think they're done with Aaron Rodgers as well. Um here's the thing I honestly I think that Aaron Rodgers' legacy for he's he was a great quarterback, one of the very best to ever do it, and he won one Super Bowl. Now that's certainly way more than the Vikings have won. Um, he had he won a lot more games than the Vikings won. All of these things, as you know, Packer fans will retort to Vikings fans who who make the, the, these kind of arguments. But I think that the legacy of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay is that. It is one of unfulfilled promise in terms of their ability to win big games, especially at home that they needed to win. They often, often fell short. And, um, and so you can look at all of the stats that he piled up and he had 
just jaw-dropping talent, arm talent, being able to run, all of those things. But they, the Packers did not take advantage of Aaron Rodgers' talent enough um, earlier on in his career. And then later in his career, they did not pivot and try to prioritize surrounding him with the weapons that would help to overcome diminished skills that that Rodgers clearly has. You cannot have a quarterback on the downslope throwing to Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and and um Robert Tunyon and that and that kind of thing. You have to build your team differently when you have a quarterback in that situation. They didn't do that. And finally, Aaron Rodgers I don't think put the work in uh in the la- in the latter portion of his career to continue to be great. Tom Brady may have fallen off a little bit, but it's not because he hasn't spent every waking minute of his life devoted to keeping relevant and keeping his talent up and keeping sharp. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers wants it as much. I I, I don't. Now, maybe he'll go somewhere next offseason. They'll, they'll, they'll trade him somewhere else, and then he'll have the Renaissance comeback year and all that, and that'd be all fine and dandy, but Right now, and in this in this season, you could tell that Aaron Rodgers just wasn't as into it, and and so that tells me that this is all t- it's it's all time to go their separate ways, whether he retires or goes somewhere else. And in the end, you'll look back on it and say the Packers should have won much more with Aaron Rodgers than they actually did. Your pick for Sunday? My pick for Sunday is I think it's the Vikings. It's going to be tense and tight. Um, I I th- I think ideally actually they they keep the score a little bit low cuz you don't want Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley running wild on you and turning this into a shootout so if they can I'm going to say 24 23 Vikings um and they they skate uh they just sneak by and and get to the next round. Last time they played I picked the Vikings to win 28 24 I was off by 1 point. Uh I I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to pick him to win 28-24, and that's exactly what's going to happen because all my picks are perfect. That's just the no way question it goes around it. here. Hey, thank, uh, check out Jeff Diamond's show as well this week. Uh, he'll give us kind of the general manager's view of this game and the team and some league issues. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it, and we will be back next week no matter what happens on Sunday.